Hey, Julie Leone here with season two of What's Your Thing? Season one has just been a joyful experience for me listening to people's stories about yoga, permaculture, walking, love, depression. And I continue to have those conversations to inspire myself and you with people who have a thing, a passion, a lifestyle, a mission, maybe a pastime that lights them up, energises them and makes life meaningful. So welcome to season two. Let's see where this journey takes us. Hey everybody, it's Julie here again um, on another episode of What's Your Thing? And today in sunny, the sunny south of the country is Lilith Flanagan, who um, I met years ago. She's got kids of about the same age. And I've kind of been, when I met her then, we were very much mothers doing mothery things and talking about what it was like to be a mother. And we've both got boys. But I was also vaguely aware then that she was a life coach. And I suppose over the years, I've kind of kept an eye on her career. (laughs) So I know she's quite high up in the ICF, which is the International Coaching Federation, which is one of probably the biggest. And she might talk a bit about that, one of the biggest coaching federations. but also she's up to loads of really interesting things at the moment in the co- her, her own personal coaching. So I can't wait to have this conversation. So welcome, Lily. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Julie. Thank you for the invitation and, and hello everyone who's listening. Uh, and you, it's sunny where you are. Where are you now? Where, where, oh, I'm in South Devon, uh, near Dartington and Totnes. Yeah, and it's, it's really beautiful now. Yeah. And so what, what is the thing that's kind of really firing you up at the moment? Because I know that you, you know, when I look at your website, there's, there's a few things, but what today feels like the thing that's got the energy for you? Is the contribution of coaching um, in service of, of our natural world. Ah. So, so tell me about Where should we even start with that? Coaching or the natural world or how you brought those things together? Because it's a new field, isn't it? The idea of bringing coaching together with climate change. So how did did you start with that? Um, Yeah, it it feels like a new thing. Um, And yet coaches seem to have a perfect set of competencies to engage with the natural world and, and hear what the natural world is willing to share with us about what's needed in service of our planet. So my my kind of journey, I suppose, started quite a long time ago. I named my company Evolution and I set the company, established it in 2007. Hmm. Uh, So it was like a long time ago. Yeah. (laughs) And ever since... um, the, the planet and the people and the spirit were somewhere in my heart. And I was bridging those areas. Um, so on one side, I learned coaching through the ICF accredited uh, training program, which just happened to be down the road <laughs> <laughs> and just starting in a few days time. And I absolutely loved it. And I continued my education with the ICF and and took part as an active member uh, in the community as well as um, 
then I became a trainer, developed my own uh, coach training programs, and then started serving as, as the assessor for, for the ICF in the accreditation programs. So that journey was very much about exploring the human and supporting the others to, to reveal who they naturally are and what is their kind of heart-centered intention for this life or a part of the journey. So just for people that don't know the ICF, could you just give us a mini paragraph about what the ICF is and, and maybe how it's different from some of the other kind of, there is also the, is it the EMC or the ECM? Is it, you know, what is it about the ICF that stands out for you? And what's its so, job? Yeah, absolutely. So the ICF is a federation of coaches around the globe which is a community, but it's also a, a first body in the coaching world that started creating standards for coaching profession. So the way the standards are being um, kind of offered uh, is that ICF is accrediting coaches and coach training programs. And it provides a um, independent accreditation as well, and as the oh, it's not a company; it's an organization that is a, a nonprofit, and in service of of the greater good, if you like. Mm. So it's probably one. Well, it's it's probably the first one who kind of ventured to create such standards for accreditation, and started accrediting coaches, but it's also probably the largest and um, the most known and credible. Uh, if someone is looking for coach and, and wants to verify their credentials, that probably would be, yes, ICF, um, mm. the one that is more, most recognised in the world. Hmm, thank you. And so the ICF you, you said about was opening human hearts and human development. And you were kind of, it was almost like you were describing a journey where you came into coaching from a human point of view, but then also just before that, you talked about spirit. So I, I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's quite, quite a journey. I mean, I used to be a business leader and kind of uh, running large divisions in multinational corporations. And at some point I burnt out um, in those roles. In the meantime, I also had little children <laughs> we were having a conversation about things uh, around that time and I kind of realized that it's just I can't continue this way and both my husband and myself were very much into this journey of kind of progressing in the in the business environment and and having children and that really felt not right and children were getting ill so much and I was getting ill as well so at some point I just decided to just take a break and as I took the break, I have um, connected with this other world, the world of, of, of nature, of natural medicine, of healing, of, of spirit, um, which was really new. And I was questioning to start with. Mm. But as I progressed, I kept signing myself up to another course and another course <laughs> and another course and another course. And then it really came to my heart that need and that willingness to, to serve others in a similar journey, possibly, or maybe a different journey. So I really wanted to become a healer to start with. 
and and then my husband said how about coaching and coaching was kind of new thing at that time and and he said that well here in coaching you can combine you know the, your kind of credential and credibility in the business world and you can bring that heart-centered intention and what you have learned through all the other courses and support people and that's how it started i actually started working with executives in ibm in coca-cola in uh, aviva <laughs> and other corporations but i was really meeting their hearts in the journey and they were revealing who they are actually being truly and what's this all about in their role and how they can actually be who they naturally are in the business environment they are they are working wow well, so there's so, first of all, so many questions and I don't know whether to start with the businessmen or you. So maybe let's just start with the business. No, let's start with you. So that shift from being quite high powered corporate woman, then having kids. And I know this is not an unfamiliar pattern, is it? That women yeah. are the ones that have a massive change when, when children come along. And I wonder how was that for your sense of self? That having had a really strong business identity and I know you've got um, is it two master's degrees in in business to then being at home and doing what sounds like more alternative type courses how, how was that and and also for the people around you I'm curious about those transition points well, it's, well, that's that's really lovely to to hear this question and just allows me to to reflect um, it felt very natural for me and my husband he's, he's just an amazing partner and truly partner uh, really supported me uh, with my choices he was there to have the conversations and i never said from i never heard from him anything like that strange uh, i always heard you know, him hearing me and being creative um, in supporting me to actually take the next step and try it out and experiment. So I think that was really, really interesting. But I also realized that in that world, it was also about who were my friends. Mm. And interesting that women and uh, my female friends, uh, they also had this kind of thing about, you know, different things, although they were all the business women as well, but it was all, there, there was this inquiry about this natural world, about the feminine, about the wilderness, about, <laughs> about you know, kind of connecting, you know, the, the world of, of, of actually living being with the world of business and achieving goals. So I suppose it was quite natural to, to have this conversation with my friends. And I think we were kind of activating each other and supporting each other to progress. And, and some of them actually became my business partners. Oh. We, we kind of evolved from providing our services only to the corporate world to, to uh, programs that were for women and engaging um, the artistic side of ourselves with dance with creative arts um where the intuition was being invoked and there were just you know truly kind of women's circles um so it was really a fascinating journey it didn't feel scary at all 
it felt like it was a kind of natural wave that I was just being part of that wave and and yes and and then quite yeah everything around felt like supporting that mm. things, were, things were just ha happening for some uh, reason and maybe hang on, so we're going to come back to the businessmen but I want to stay with your waves but also can I just ask you to move your mic because I think it's scratching on your coat that's oh it. I'm sorry mm. no that's better um so because do you mind telling the story about the waves that led you to where you are now because we had just we were pre-talking weren't we because that's you talk about the wave of stepping out of corporate life and then I have this picture of you with kind of women in a circle kind of supporting each other and doing your own things and you describe that as a wave but you also told a really lovely story about how you ended up where you are now do you mind sharing that absolutely and this is very much connected with this environmental aspect mm. and the bridging you were you were asking um, um slightly earlier between coaching and and the the planet mm. so um i did feel a kind of call that my time is to move I mean, the experiences I was describing before were happening in Poland when I used to live in Poland. And, and there was this kind of call for me to move out of Poland. And, um, and I couldn't really explain why. There wasn't any particular reason apart from I've always been interested in other cultures and kind of really being immersed in the culture to really feel how other people think and operate. Um, but it wasn't anything like specific. Um, so I did feel the wave and, and my family kindly followed. Can you just, wave... say, just pause a minute? What does it mean to feel the wave? Because I'm thinking that some people will be thinking, I don't know what she's talking about. But can you in any way put into words what that is like? It is a feeling. That's definitely a feeling. The feeling is like being here. But at the same time, it's the kind of feeling that this part of me is already somewhere else. And those two parts are actually being connected. And it feels like there's a kind of, I don't know, a tunnel or a path or something that pulls the part of me who is here to move to the other part of me has already traveled it's almost like you've taken one step and the other step has to follow i don't know it's or it, it doesn't sound as physical as that yeah yeah it doesn't yeah 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 but it is it is it's kind of it is it is something tangible about it um uh, but it's very subtle i suppose and, and it was kind of strange because you know it's just people around here were not making such decisions so I had this feeling there was this kind of intuition going on. I would be speaking it up, but people wouldn't get what I'm talking about. And so that was taking a bit of a time before we made the move, to be honest, uh, as a family, when I came to the point when I really felt I can't wait any longer and it, I just really have to go. And something was truly pushing me to take that step. And this is where my husband and, and my family said, okay, we, we're coming together, we're going together. And that's difficult, isn't it, with children? You know, absolutely. like when, when we started speaking, you said you asked me if I was still in the same place, and I am still in the same place. And, and I love where I am. And I'm really aware that kind of that sense of it's enormous to move when there's 
other people involved, isn't there? There's multiple structures yes. to move. So I'm curious about that. And I love the fact they all moved on a wave. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, when, when we all together aligned with making the decision, it was like with starting coaching, everything just started falling into the right place. And I think this is, I'm, I'm actually feeling quite moved when I'm talking about it, is that it, there is this kind of feeling, which I experienced a few times in my life, um, being fortunate to, to experience that this way, that when I feel this intuitive wave coming through and wanting to manifest, when I give attention to it, and then when I follow, it just magically, everything falls into pieces and the path I wouldn't know how to take on the logical level because it would have seemed to be so much to be involved in so much work and so much unknown what will be the outcome that path is just becoming and paving itself in front of me and those situations and events and people somehow are stepping onto that path and everything becomes possible, which is quite amazing to experience. Mm. And it sounds like, I mean, there is an element of magic and it's kind of interesting. There's been a few people on this podcast that have talked about magic and kind of whatever that means to them. But for me, when I'm hearing it, it's the sense of that there's something other than you involved that, it, that it's a co-creation, that it's you and plus whatever the other is, <laughs> you know. Yes, and you say about the co-creation, which is beautiful, because I, I initially didn't know what was really calling me, but when we start living here, uh, where I am now, physically, mm. having the conversation with you, I realized that it was the land here that was calling for my presence. And in my first months uh, of living here, I used to walk along uh, River Dart and uh, I started singing, but it wasn't something I would know. It's just there was a tune coming through me, which I allow to, to voice. And then I went to a Tagore festival that was held by Dartington and then one of the um, pieces, um, there was a performance by a, a kind of band that was playing music, which is like a thousand years old. And one of the tunes that were playing was the tune I was singing by the River Dash. <laughs> and you'd never heard it before? No. Yeah, you see, what is that? What is that? And it, yeah, it's so fun because I was also just sharing with you before we started recording was before this call, I went to, so I'd had a busy morning. I've been doing quite a lot of academic stuff quite in my head. And so then I went into the garden to hang out with the cats and the dog. And then I thought, actually, now I could feel that as my kind of energy was changing, I actually felt a bit sort of tired. So I went and lay in the hammock just for 10 minutes, set my alarm and then um, kind of, I don't ever sleep. For those short times but definitely I dip into a different something different state of consciousness and I had this really clear vision of you with a, um, a Native American 
guy. And then, so then I told you that story and that was part of that moment, wasn't it? That you were yes. with a, a shaman. So I just, you know, so there are some people that will listen to this and say, well, you're just making stuff up, <laughs> which is fine, isn't it? But there's a part of me that just was like, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting that you were singing the song that you'd never heard that they were singing? Yes, yes, it's, it, is, it is interesting. And then just referring to this other bit of conversation we had before we, we press yeah. recording, it was that other thing that when I had a, a kasha reading with a, um, with a shaman a few years prior moving down here, um, he said uh, about meeting people um, and used they names and that was Rupert Sheldrake and it was Julie Purse. I never heard of those people before. They'd never heard of the shaman before and the shaman didn't hear about them <laughs> uh, either. It just happened to, to kind of say those names. And then during the same Tagore festival, I met Schumacher College and the program of holistic science and one of the lecturer was Rupert Sheldrake. <laughs> and this is when I knew, okay, that's one of the reasons why I'm here. I'm here to learn about our planet in an academic way, as well as, as, as uh, in a participatory <laughs> experience. Yeah. And I, I, isn't Rupert, I mean, I haven't read loads of Rupert Sheldrake stuff, but isn't he the one that says that we're all a bit like that there's that we're just the receivers for information you know that, that that wisdom is not ours but where we can tune into it so and which is exactly what you were doing isn't it yes yes and also you know his wife julie purse an amazing healer and overtone singer from whom I learned so much. And it's been just the, the yin and yang of, of the journey, both of them, meeting them and learning from them. And of course, the experience of Shumaya College, which really brought me so much closer to, closer to our planet in the way that I could articulate what I felt that the way I can bring into my work, into my clients, um, yes, in the kind of activism for, 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 the, for, the, for the greater good. And so then maybe now is the time to go back to those businessmen. So I, could we kind of left them, <laughs> we left them sitting there. Um, but we ha I have this image of you kind of, be, so you hadn't quite made this complete arc of the journey yet, but you definitely were very heart-centred, work, working in corporate life. And there you are getting these business people to be opening up and finding their authentic selves. And there's part of me thinking, really, can you do that in corporate life? And so I'm curious about how did you, can you, can you become authentically corporate and, <laughs> and how? <laughs> you know what, I think every human is a human. And when we meet them as humans, rather than roles, mm. they also respond to it. And when as coaches, we create that space of trust mm. and acknowledgement and acceptance of who they are and are genuinely caring and curious about who they are. This allows them to also meet themselves. Mm -hmm. and, and I, for me, it really doesn't matter whether those people are in the corporate environment or they are hippies or, you know, whatever they are. I also, I also um, have been volunteering uh, 
the Totnes Natural Health Center. And in the Totnes area, it is such an amazing uh, world of, of healers of all kinds of, you know, ways of, of, of uh, practice, type of practice, if you like. And at the same time, people really who were here, you know, in the 70s, who were really part of all kinds of movements. And honestly, working with them, it isn't that much different as working with someone in the corporate world. If, if I happen to meet that person rather than the role and what has been built on top of it. Mm. And I think also, you know, in my activism, you know, in this kind of uh, way where I, I kind of bridge the coaching and environment, it, it's also about meeting the people. Because at the moment, it, it's just so wonderful. So many companies are setting themselves targets for um, zero net carbon emissions, you know, by 2030, which is great, which is absolutely amazing. And they have been consultancies who have been supporting companies in kind of, you know, this administrative aspect of measuring, you know, you know, way of production. So the, the, there is science, there is admin, you know, that is involved for that. But what these some of these consultants say that, you know, we are doing this work, but people with their hearts are where they used to be. So in order to really um, remember humans being there, one of the members of this planet and relearning how to collaborate with our planet and listen to our planet and partner in that journey, we need to be meeting people at the heart level, wherever they are, so that they see those kind of targets for carbon emission reduction as something not additional task they have to do on top of their busy work, but this is something in which we all are together because we are all, you know, kind of caring and, and creating the world for, you know, for our children to come and their grandchildren uh, and that planet, that beautiful, this beautiful planet being, being alive. <laughs> mm. And it's so, kind of, I'm, I'm aware of this, I have the imagery of the wave carrying you to this place and then I have the image of the kind of almost like you being a tributary going into you know a small river going into the organization mm -hmm. um and I then I have this image sorry I'm really visual of like of people kind of dipping their feet in the water I don't know if that is completely a useless picture or just but it because it almost sounds like you haven't, because the wave that moved you here sounds like quite a big wave, but the way that you're, you're harnessing some of that seems like it's gentler. I don't know. T tell me about whether that. This is so beautiful. And you mentioned about the water and you mentioned about the stream and, and like tapping, you know, tipping the, the feet into the water. It's just so beautiful because most of my connection with the natural world, when I listen, how can I be of service, comes from River Dart and the water mm. and the imagery of water and the river, mm. or it would be, that would be really very present with me. Mm. Mm. So for example, when I was doing my holistic science dissertation, and that was on um, meaningful communication um, in the ecosystem, 
between plants. Ah. Um, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That 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 was held also by the River Dart, and where I kind of stayed um, for a few days without much contact with the human world, just to be able to become really hollow and allow those perceptions come through me and hear the natural world and, and, and commune with, with the natural world. And at the end of this journey, that's what I perceive from River Dart saying that you humans, you have your ambitions, you have your goals, you have your aspirations. Natural world has the wisdom that has been here for donkeys of years. <laughs> and we can support you in, um, in achieving those goals, you know. Uh, but at the same time, if we are in this conversation, we can support you to, to do it in the way that it serves us all. Meaning the planet and the human, mm -hmm. not just the human. And I, I mean, how did you, so I, you know, I said I'd spent the morning doing academic stuff <laughs> and, and obviously you were doing a master's degree. So how do you turn that? profoundly what might have been called a spiritual you know non-rational <laughs> you know, intuitive experience how do you translate that into the academic into a language that maybe then does speak to a different set of people from the, the metaphors that we've been using well this is the whole area of phenomenology of what and phenomenology oh, okay got it got it got it yeah 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 <laughs> uh, yes where we are becoming both participants in observance of phenomena of phenomena that is coming into being in the moment so in the holistic science area um, that kind of way of observing and allowing that intuitive perception to arrive is, is, is a field, is a field of research that is acceptable <laughs> and treated quite seriously. Um, the founder of that kind of way uh, was uh, Goethe and the, 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 the others who followed. But what, was, what is interesting is that what is being said is to always trust the perceptions and the intuition. The signals are coming and arriving all the time, but be rigorous with the interpretation. Oh, so can you give us an example of, of that, where you've had an intuition and then you've applied rigor? Yeah, so that, that's, that's the, I mean, when I was even talking about my, my journey of feeling being called to, to come to here, uh, you know, I, I was learning to trust my perceptions. I didn't know whether I can trust them. So I could feel something is happening, but I didn't know how to interpret it because you know maybe maybe that was the way that i wanted to just live in a different country maybe there was a something about you know traveling maybe there was something about um yeah me not wanting to live in poland it could be all these kind of things and probably they were all true together in some in some ways but you know to from that to really make a decision to move down here with the whole family 
this is a big thing, isn't it? You know, yeah. this is a serious consequence <laughs> potentially yeah. for each of the family member, you yeah. know, and our life uh, together. Uh, so, so in, in the, you know, this is like a practical example that when we kind of meet this intuitive um, voice, is to give it space to to listen to it to to engage our reasoning uh, in the process of, of trying to understand the potential meanings of it. Perhaps it's also to engage others in the process so that there is a different point of view. Um, and, and then, you know, when making decision, let this decision be an informed decision rather than a something that it just appeared to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just followed, um, yeah, and, and, and I think that that's the reason why, uh, you know, when the, the kind of reduction, reduction of science has come to life um, with Descartes being uh, the kind of seen as a father of it uh, a few centuries ago, um, that was the time of many religious wars in, in, in Europe. And lots of these wars were based on people actually following those different voices, calls, or abusing actually the idea that something has appeared for them and that's why now it's the law and that gives a reason why to go and kill someone. Mm. And this reduction science actually has come as a way of inviting evidence-based decision-making. So Mm -hmm. we can actually collect evidence we can examine the evidence, we have a peer <laughs> conversation mm-hmm. around it so that we you know, have different points of view. And when we decide on something holding or not, um, that actually has, has, has that basis, so that, that rigor. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously that has developed into a very <laughs> detached way of human you know, going away from the natural world and seeing the natural world as, as something that can be used and abused in the resource. And we have a right with the amazing footprint today. Uh, but now also we are in the time when we are combining those intuitive perceptions mm, mm. and the reason uh, together, like the yin and yang, yeah. uh, whereby we, we appreciate both mm. and give space for them to come together and inform us about where to go with it. Mm. No, that makes com- complete sense in the, the yin and the yang. And, and I, um, when you go into corporate worlds then, and I don't know if it's appropriate to tell an anonymized story, but I'm curious about where, where's your entry point then? Do you, because you've obviously got both, you've got the scientific and the rational and you've got your business backgrounds and then you've got the intuitive and you've got the metaphorical and you've got your connected. So how, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you have those conversations with people in a way that creates the kind of agility or fluidity or an openness to thinking about things differently? Yes, so first of all, meeting people where they are and hearing what's present for them and what they might need. Um, 
and there's also preparation that is um, energetic preparation so grounding in who i am and what am i actually bringing in terms of the energetic field to the conversation uh, because that in my experience allowed the space that open space of awareness and the heart for the person i tend to be in a conversation but that's kind of my work as they you know as a practitioner and that's my kind of yeah practice um, however when i'm meeting a person is i not necessarily talk about this um, i am kind of learning who the client is who the person is what is their worldview what is their world perception and i'm i'm working with them where they are hmm. but in in all that world that they are in i do invite them to to meet who they are maybe on a deeper level if they haven't met themselves or if they have to invite that deeper level into uh, the topics they choose to work on and and then to make decisions about the path forward from mm. some of that is also inviting people to to consult with the natural world mm. and that's what we're teaching at uh, our training courses the intuitive coach where as part of a coaching conversation, the client is invited to notice what's happening in the, in the environment that somehow might have a kind of resonance with, you know, with our conversation here now. And, and really very often the clients do notice. And when they connect with that and the coach helps them to explore what might be behind it, what might be the meaning and the feeling of it, it's usually a quite, you know, transformational moment of, of the new awareness uh, becoming available for the client and yes and it really informs the path forward for the mm. client mm. so can you hear the bird in the background yes yeah so, so he's been really just very loud now so i don't know do you have a sense of what you, do you have a sense of that in the conversation and that's interesting julie because in a sense you've 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 noticed and you brought it in and mm. i'm just wondering for that my bring for you if you allow me to to ask you what's happening what's coming up for well, you I, I, I just i mean so it uh, the, just it's a it's lovely to hear it and that sense of because you're sitting outside and that sense of oh i i love being outside and but also something about singing loudly you know the the importance of being heard and the importance because it's a, for me, it's a singular voice. I can only hear that one particular bird at the moment. So um, something about the singing, finding, it ties in with your singing by the river, you know, that the, um, you know, that we've all got a voice and that, and that bird's not worrying about whether anyone likes it or doesn't like it or whether it's singing in tune or it's just singing its own song. So something about that feels very, important and kind of links in i mean that's always something for me is that you know <laughs> it's a constant mm. journey of it's okay to find my own voice and it's okay to be me but also it sounds like that's part of what you're bringing to your coaching uh, you know to have have people find whatever that is their own voice and their own sense Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for, for sharing <laughs> and thank you for allowing me to ask you the question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, so it's completely thrown me now. 
<laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's because it takes you into a, um, you know, that very question about what does it mean to you. You know, actually, it takes you, it takes you very deep, very quickly, doesn't it? Yes. And it, it bypasses all the stories and all the. You know, because we we practice. I mean, God knows I've done enough years therapy, so I've got 101 really well practiced. <laughs> but I've told you, but the um, yeah, the nature work takes you right in deep very quickly, doesn't it? Is is my experience of when I'm doing it on my own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so when you. So it's really interesting because I'm aware as well that I'm asking you questions about the corporate world when I have no experience of it. So it's almost like I kind of have a, um, I'm aware of the fact I might be projecting some sort of weird stereotype onto it. Um, but I'm curious when you engage with corporations, how do you define yourself? You know, what do you, are you explicit about your, you know, being intuitive, being um i don't even you know being part of being interested in nature how how do you articulate it how do you articulate it yeah and maybe that links into the bird as well how do you um, see it how do you say it yes i suppose that this is a kind of graduate process of, of that introduction um so part of meeting the client where they are is also kind of meeting their current mindset and what feels comfortable for them to be explored more or less. So I suppose um, there are some, like my company's name is Evolution Coaching Academy, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and what I say about evolution is because uh, our mission is to be in service of, of our planet. So you and say so that straight up front, yeah. yes. 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 Okay. So they presumably don't engage you if they're not interested in that. Well, but but that's also my intention. That's also my yeah. intention that you know, I, as a coach, I could work with many people, uh, and I used to work with really a range of people, no matter what the topic is. But with this environmental aspect, our planet has really clarified for me a few years ago that that's my path now talking about the wave again that's my path so in my intention is 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 attracting if you like clients mm. who actually care mm. about our planet and want to do something about it whether in the corporate environment or whether in their personal life they want to become active or they want to engage others and yeah and ready to meet their heart Mm. in the journey and are you finding those people coming forward well it, again it's this is a little bit like a miracle <laughs> as well yeah. because on one side there's a this 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 my business partner with whom we are in the process of of crystallizing also um our message um in this regard but as we are crystallizing our message and the natural thing is to kind of create a business plan and marketing plan and do the market research and then, you know, kind of that would inform how do we work with our clients, how do we engage, how we communicate, how we meet them. But these clients start appearing themselves. And, and honestly, like, 
sometimes in the moment I might feel I'm not yet ready. <laughs> <laughs> but is those clients say to me, well, you are ready because I heard your voice and and it just happens that someone knows someone who has the need and perhaps you can meet that person. Mm. And again, you were saying that and the bird was really singing loudly and now it's gone quiet, <laughs> isn't it? That, that sense of, again, singing your song and the people that will hear it will come. Oh, how beautifully put, how beautifully put. And, and then, you know, singing from the heart. So kind of trusting, trusting our heart, mm. trusting that voice, uh, allowing that song to be sung. And yeah, but I suppose it's also, you know, it's, it's not, not always easy to be trusting when we are in a world that we need to pay our bills. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and there's so much to do, you know, uh, mm. with our everyday kind of chores, if you like. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it's just, you know, yeah, I would say it's just not easy to trust it and it's a journey to start and learn to trust it and mm -hmm. it's sometimes it's an, it is an investment <laughs> in a sense I, I can't actually really explain uh, because in my case I think I was very fortunate I was somehow fortunate having a partner in life my husband with whom we could have those conversation and we could also look at the path forward in a way that there is some kind of financial stability that I can experiment and I can be without income if the experiment doesn't go well. Mm. Each experiment turned up to work very well, but maybe because I had the feeling that there is a some kind of safety cushion to mm. fall back on, then I had the courage to experiment. Yeah. And I think that was a absolutely you know, I'm just so grateful to have such a such, such an environment mm. to 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 follow follow the way, if you like. Mm. And I'm yeah. glad you said that because there's something there about um, the reality. I think it's really you know that sense of what you're saying is you could take quite a big risk because you had a safety net. And I think, but even with that safety net, there's still the complexity that you're battling with day to day of well like how am I going to juggle this and the family and that and the budget and and, I, and it is that tension isn't it and I think the it's almost like the magic and the mundane somehow again have to be the yin and yang don't they they're part of it and I thank you for naming that because I think otherwise it can because I, I can sometimes launch off on a bit of a Pollyanna. Yes, I am going to travel into the sunset. And, <laughs> and then and then you have to remember that actually, you know, that, you know, I need to cut tea at half past six. <laughs> so not today. I won't be. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I really I really get what you say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's part of you know, like working when I'm working with my clients is also doing that reality check. Mm, yeah. So mm. bringing into the current system, current circumstances and finding mm. a way how to bridge. Yeah. How to bridge the journey, mm -hmm. how to make the first steps, you know, maybe little ones, mm. but something that is allowing to just drop by drop is, is, is kind of adding to that pool of water then eventually the water can really flow into the stream mm. and the river. Yeah, 
No, I like the image of a bridge um, or stepping stones that trying to find a way, trying to find a way across. And so you've talked a lot about kind of how you've got here. And I kind of one of my questions is always about where you see it going. But I also have a sense that it's very emergent as opposed to the you know, five year business plan. But what, you know, maybe do you dream forward? Do you have a, do you have a, a dreaming for what, how you would like to be moving forward? My, my dream that my heart keeps singing is a planet where humans and other members are in a dialogue and actually have those conversations about the things that do impact the life of one another. And that becomes a like a normal thing for us, like the thing that we wash hands before we, you know, eat food. So when we have any plan or project or business idea or venture, that it's just a natural process for us to meet our friendly member of the natural world, ask what they think about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> ask for help and advice and the guidance, have the conversation. We may not always like what they say, so we can have a conversation, it's just now not the one way streaming. And then, and then on that basis, update our plans. And, and 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 move them forward. So that's that's really my that's really my dream. That's the world I dream of, where the business and the purpose have come together, and our planet and humans have come together and collaborate in the cohabitation. Hmm. It's just that. So I was thinking as you were saying that that. Just be, you know, before I went to lie in the hammock, I was out in the garden with the cat, and I don't think twice about talking to the cat (laughs) about (laughs) where do you want to go and what can you see, and then I can see what he's seeing, and then we have a little conversation about what it is that he can see and where what's happening now, and it, and we think really nobody thinks that that's that strange, do they? We all talk to our pets, so what is so very different? to talk I mean I do talk to trees but that's because I had a mum that talks to trees <laughs> yeah 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 so I've always talked to trees but it's it's for those people that don't talk to trees actually they you know we probably all talk to our pets don't mm. we and mm-hmm. it, it's just that what's so different it's apart from maybe just listening to what they're saying as well yeah talking to them yeah yeah and what is your so I'm curious just have you got a sense of whether the pandemic has made a difference to that conversation? Certainly created a shift in perception. Shaken something that was established because it was not possible to carry on the way it used to on a large and on a global scale. Mm. And wherever something like that happens, it just creates an opening. I think in the Japanese culture, they call it ma. So when the earth cracks, 
Hmm. This is this is what they find that the new consciousness is coming through through the crack. So f- from my perspective, the pandemic has created those cracks hmm. in the kind of established ways of being. And when the cracks are being created, the new consciousness can come through and be perceived and inform people how to live because they cannot live the way they used to live mm. in the long and mm. they know it's impossible they tried or they've been limited by by rules and regulations mm. Mm. so and also of course you know as we kind of can observe in the world because we travel less <laughs> because um then you know cities do come to life you know you can see monkeys in the middle of mm. delhi and and the and then and birds in places that normally wouldn't come because that would be so populated by humans and that the level of pollution would be just unbearable for them to live mm. so it really shows something about how the natural world is able to be more present with the human world mm. when the human world is becoming less active in the in the in mm. footprint hmm. and again a kind of rebalancing a different shift shifting flowing so as we come to the end that we've cut is there anything that you wished i'd asked you about that i haven't asked you about or anything that you that wants expressing that hasn't had chance to be expressed i am very grateful for your questions julie because they have invited me to to a deep reflection and meeting with memories and experiences that happen to kind of still be there but maybe it was so long ago that i <laughs> didn't remember mm-hmm. and revisiting them today from this perspective it was it was really something kind of creating a a kind of a nice loop if mm. you like because i was saying even at the beginning that i started my coaching uh, career <laughs> um working with those businessmen as you mm-hmm. refer to and then i'm coming back mm. to to actually being more mm-hmm. active in that world of business mm-hmm. but with this mission of serving the planet mm. and having integrated it sounds like having integrated like you called it the yin and the yang that that you kind of went it's almost like that pendulum thing on, on one hand you were kind of business and then you swung right over to maybe the alternative and spiritual and now you've kind of found a way of bringing those two things together uh, and going back but it, it's like the hero's journey isn't it going back mm-hmm. but with the um with the, with the jewel to the same place but not the same person that's right so it's maybe not a loop but a spiral <laughs> mm, yeah yeah mm-hmm. and is there anything you particularly want to remember for yourself if, that you've heard yourself say or that you've maybe not articulated that you think that you that feels like an important thing for you to remember at the end of the conversation it was lovely to reflect on um your questions regarding how i engaged with those businessmen mm. Um, again, I, I took it as a given, uh, uh, but then as you were asking about those questions deeper, I kind of become more aware of how and why that actually happens. And the beautiful questions you asked me around 
the wave and that feeling of the wave and how actually I perceive it and how this is happening. So that was really amazing to kind of immerse in that process with the deepening coming from your sight. So thank mm. you so much for that. Oh, no, it's been a beautiful, beautiful conversation. And I think for me, the thing that sticks is the, the wave um, and, and the bird, the kind of the, the, the bird that's been in the background, because you're in bringing together, because on one level, your journey has been a business journey, but on the other level, of course, it's been intensely, we, and we haven't even had to articulate the personal, but it's been there in the background, kind of that's been this journey of finding your voice, whether, you know, and linked to singing along by the river dark, um, and to then taking that, I suppose that's the metaphor that I'm left with of taking that your unique voice into different different woodlands to help other people find their voices. Yeah, I suppose, and I suppose my final image is: wouldn't it be lovely if we could all just meet in those woodlands and sing our sing with our own song? That would be beautiful. yes. Oh, what a beautiful image! Oh. oh. Thank you. Well, thank you. And thank you from Sunny. It's gone in a bit now, hasn't it? I can see the sun's gone in a tiny bit um, from the south and uh, yeah, from the Welsh borders down to the south. So thank you, Lilith. And we'll put links to everything you want to link to in the show notes. But thank you very much. It's thank you very out. much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. All the best to you. Oh, thank you. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Julie here. Hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. I'd love to hear from you too. If you live in a way that inspires and excites you, or if you have a thing that just lights you up and energises you, you can get hold of me at julieleone.com on the contact page. And you can also find out more about the writing, coaching, training, teaching, yoga, um, and workshops that I run at julieleone.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please like it and subscribe. And if you can leave a review, then please do, just because it helps other people find it so that they get a dose of happy vibes too. Okay, take care. Speak soon. See you at the next episode. <laughs>